Forever Blue Shirts Radio. Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio, and guys, it is finally, well, what day is it? What it's, day is it? Capo Caco Day, everybody! Capo Caco! It is Capo Caco Day. Well, it could be Jack Beasley, but it's probably Capo Caco Day. It's probably Capo Caco Day. Either way, it's Rangers getting up. Phenomenal talent day. <laughs> Absolutely. Good hockey players, everybody. At the time of recording, we are two hours from the start of the NHL entry draft. We are in for an amazing night. If you believe all these kinds of analysts, we're going to see a lot of trades. We're going to see a lot of activity. Um, over this show today, to get you guys all hyped, we're going to talk about possible trades going down in draft night. We're going to talk about some Rangers news that's been going on the past few days. And then, of course, we're going to talk about the guy who we all expect to get at number two, Mr. Capo Caco. Yes. So let's get things rolling here. The Rangers announced that the home opener will be on October 3rd this year against none other than the Winnipeg Jets. And Jacob Truba had some funny stuff to say where he said, hey, who's paying the schedule maker in a tweet? <laughs> and just so everyone knows, too, Jacob Truba changed his Twitter profile. It now says New York Rangers defenseman number eight. So for those that want Jacob Truba jerseys. I know what jersey I'm getting for sure. <laughs> I have a hankering for offensive defensemen, so booyah! Yeah, you and your offensive defensemen. Oh, gosh, get, get out of here with Jeez. that. Jeez. <laughs> So, Kevin Shattenkirk, baby. I own a jersey of his. Yeah, well, too bad. Well, that, you know, sorry, 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 <laughs> bad purchase too early. So moving forward here, I mean, we have some good articles coming up on the site that came out this past week. Uh, one of the best ones I want to talk about here and something that is very, you know, I feel like it's very important to talk about tonight because it might be his last night on the team is Chris Kreider. And Dan Ladado wrote a great article on this about, you know, Chris Kreider could be on the move. And, you know, we're all going to miss him. I mean, Chris Kreider exploded onto the scene. You know, comes over from the NCAA tournament. Was it 2012, right? 2012 yeah, 2020 playoffs. And comes right into the, so the five playoffs. goals. Yeah, yeah in the first playoffs. goal against the Senators. I remember that all too vividly. I mean, look, we're, we love Chris Kreider. We're all going to miss the guy. Amazing player. But at the end of the day, he's everyone has a feeling he's going to want something like six point five, seven million. And you just for six, seven years, and you you can't pay a guy like Chris Kreider that money because. Once you enter year four, five, and six of that deal, that's not going to look yeah. too good. Well, the, the, the big issue is just Chris Kreider is one of those forwards that ends up turning into a third or fourth line winger based off of his play style. You know, he's a fast, big body in front of the net kind of play style, and his speed is the big part of his game. And if you don't have the speed, you're just a fourth line grinder. And, that's what you are. And another thing to add on to, to add to that point is I, I was on original – on the original camp of keeping Chris Kreider as a New York Ranger, but you when, fought me on that. I did. No, I really, I really did. We actually, we actually went the blows a little bit, but we're good now. But um, I, I started to realize that you know, as much as we like the guy, you know, we went to the same thing with uh, with Savannah, no, not Savannah Jack, with Zuccarello. Um, you know, we kind of have to let go of the past. Well, Zuccarello is a little bit different than Kreider. Yeah, I feel but, like he has a much higher fan base. Yeah, than, but than Chris Kreider still contributed a lot to this he did. team. You can't really take Absolutely. that away. So. You know, when you see and, – and, you know, my opinion changed when they got the second overall pick because now the player that could potentially take that spot is someone who we know is legitimate. So it definitely allows the Rangers to move on. I love Chris Kreider. I do. But like you said, his, his play style, the injuries that he's had, even though they weren't bad, but you just never know. He can have one more lower body injury, and that's pretty much his whole game. Chris Kreider is, you know, not the greatest of puck handlers. He's not the best shooter in the world, only uh, going down the wing. But other than that, you know, he, he provides an asset that the Rangers definitely, you know, could – the Rangers definitely take uh, advantage of. And with getting a guy like a Capo Caco and even a guy like Vitaly Kratsov, 
they've essentially replaced that with better skills. So at the end of the day, he's not going to get the money that he wants from the Rangers. He'll get it from somewhere else. And we wish him nothing but the best of luck. Now, I know all this buzz has been surrounding, like Philly's pick, Arizona's pick, Colorado's pick. So we're talking about 11, 14, 16 here. Do you also, guys Edmonton's see kind of Edmonton, Edmonton too? But, I mean, that's going to take a little more to pry because that's eight. That's within the top ten. So, I mean, look, if we're getting rid of Kreider, if you really want to trade him, I think the best course of action would be Jeff Gordon to talk to these guys. Let either Ken Holland or um, – God, who's the – have oh, um, Joe Sackick or um, John Shaker. Let them talk to Chris Kreider's agent. See if you get an extension because then the deal can become better for you. If you can't allow extension, you get what the Jets did with us and you don't get the big haul that you're hoping for because Jacob Truba, as of this point, is still not signed. Mm-hmm. Although it's expected the deal to get done yeah. soon. It's a little bit different, especially in Colorado's uh, situation because they've had, they, they're they they're right there. They're a playoff team. They're missing a few pieces. And especially because Colorado has the four and the 16 tonight. So you know they, Colorado is going to get a special player in the top five. Plus, if they keep the pick at 16, you could be looking at something like adding an Alex Turcotte or a Bowen yeah. Byram or a Dylan Cousins. Then at 16, mm-hmm. you can add something like an Arthur Kaliev or a Philip Broberg. Well, the, the thing is, they still have young players in Cal McCarr. You know, they, they, they want some veteran presence, even though they have great leadership in Gabriel Landeskog. But the biggest thing is just, you know, you need that little extra offensive push for the Colorado Avalanche to get a little bit further. It's just, you know... Unfortunate things happen in the playoffs. They need depth. They need depth, and that's it. Adding, yeah. adding to the depth part, if you take a look at the lines that they have, the first line of Rantanen, Landis Cog, and McKinnon, you know, those guys pretty much carried that whole team in the yeah. playoffs. And you Colorado, can't rely on the one line. No, exactly. And Colorado had a superb defense. The emergence of Kale McCarr, like you said, even Samuel Gerard, and, and even, even you know, Eric Johnson to an extent really solidified a lot of that team. But if you look outside of that, they really don't have a lot of depth. So if you throw a Chris Kreider on like a second power play unit or you throw a Chris Kreider on that second line with Colorado, you know, that's a pretty good deal for both teams because Kreider can play with a guy who has good puck handling skills on the second line and all Absolutely. he has to do it like it's pretty much this it's pretty much a very similar setup to the way the Rangers currently have Zibanejad. Throw the puck down. Yeah, just throw the puck down the ice, have him run for it, and the other guys know how to stick handle. Zibanejad, Buchnevich, and um and uh Kreider. That's pretty much how it is, and they would have their own version of that. In Colorado. Now, one more t- one more about Colorado before we move on to the Coyotes, because I'd like to discuss some trade packages there, too, for Kreider. I think Colorado, you know, if you're picking four, you're going to have your choice, like I said, Cousins, Doc, Zegris, one of these guys. From them, you add one of them to play second-line center behind Nathan McKinnon. You add a guy like Kreider, and then think about it. You already have a pretty good formation of a second line there. You add someone on there like a JT Comfer or someone mm-hmm. that, like an engine-type player, and then you're rocking – McKinnon, Ranton, Atlanta, Scott, Kreider, let's say Zegris, and like someone like a Comfer, that's 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 a, another punch you could have in the Western Conference. So Colorado, obviously a good trade partner. I mean, a package. What do you guys think? We heard Jim from our website before. He was saying a good package would be someone like Martin Count, sixteen. I would yeah. probably jump all over I, that. I think that's I think that's yeah. a good move. Count and a sixteen, and then the yeah. Rangers can either use that sixteen to pick someone to, or even maybe the Count they, never even plays for the Rangers. I mean, yeah, and use they, another can, deal. they could flip yeah. him, or they could flip those guys for a higher draft pick or for mm-hmm. other assets. You know, see that's the, that's the difference with the. I don't want to say new regime because a lot of the guys are pretty much holdovers, but. There's a new way of thinking that the Rangers are. You they're know, building the right way. They're, they're starting to build the right way, and they're going away from the previous regime's, you know, ideology of trying to just bring in, you know, old players and, and the sort. So, you know, maybe Martin Kaut, 
is a good player for the Rangers if they end up making that deal. But if the Colorado Avalanche come to you and say, hey, we want to give you Kreider for Cout in the 16th, you go, you do it. Yeah. You do it. Yeah. So moving on to the Arizona Coyotes here. We know the Coyotes, they have another high pick this year. They're picking, what, four, thir- 14, right? I believe the Arizona's pick is 14. They're right behind I the Panthers. So. I think so. So if you're John Shaker, you want to inject some talent into the roster. You know, after years of these high picks, you had Clayton Keller. You had Barrett Hayton last year at five. Um, do you take the risk? Do you call the New York Rangers? Do you call Jeff Gordon and say, look, we want Kreider. We'll only give you 14, but it's, I feel like there should be another piece there. Well, if the, the two already have a, a trade history, so they and, and Derek Stepan has done uh, has done fairly well for the Coyotes so far in his role. You know, he's getting older, and he's done a, he's done a good job at being like the anchor for a lot of the young guys. So Colorado is the team right now where they just need more veteran presence, especially up front. It's no knock on any of their forwards whatsoever. That, that team is going to be a wagon. And they were actually really good last year. Arizona, yeah. They, that they're, second they're, half was pretty they insane. Were, they were, coach they, really pushed them on. The By the way, Rick Tockett did not get enough votes. No, I agree. Rick I, was, I was a Rick Tockett well, it would be different if he, if he made the playoffs. It would be a lot different than that. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, if you, you don't make the playoffs, it's kind of hard to be like, oh, you were you yeah. the coach of the year. Well, it's it's but, it's similar to when you don't win. It's like in baseball. There's a lot of arguments similar to that where you don't make the playoffs, but you have a better statistical season than one other guy. Like, for example, 2007, uh, David Wright had far better numbers than, uh, than Jimmy Rollins, and yet Jimmy Rollins won National League MVP. David Wright had 30 home runs that year. So, you uh, you know, you, you, you definitely, you know, you, you definitely – it explains a lot. So. Well, you know, we could still go along that route of having great second halves, but there's one coach that really didn't get recognition oh. for his oh, great yeah. coaching. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're not guessing who I'm talking about, <laughs> it's the Blues head coach, Craig Berube. And from la- – I-, I love the comparison. I don't know if anybody's seen this tweet, but it's the Blues players fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Robert Bortuzzo and Zach Sanford fought Sanford. each other in January. Then there's a comparison when and the cup comes out, with, yeah. loving each other, yeah. and it's just – you have to be some kind of special coach to really turn your guys around. It, and it's not a knock on um, Biddington. It's not a knock on Ryan O'Reilly or any other player within you know the lineup that helped them get there. It's just you don't have good leadership in your coach. You're not going to have a good team, and they're not hoisting. Now picture this, right? You're the leader of, the, of a company somewhere, right? Your company is literally failing. All your like your company is almost completely worthless. You hire a guy. You say, "All right, do what you can." This guy turns the company into like the biggest Fortune 500 company in the world yeah. in a matter of months. That is what Craig Berube did. Craig Berube jumped in to this team after Doug Armstrong told him, Doug Armstrong GM in the St. Louis Blues, said, yo, Craig Berube, this is your team now. Take it. Bennington gets called up. Jake Allen gets rele- relegated to backup. All these guys start rallying around each other. Mm-hmm. And they went from this is one. Of, I feel like it's one of the best stories in sports. At least it has like you take this. It was, the, really, it was the, the, Rangers, the Rangers of all teams. Beat them on New Year's Steve. Eve, and they came into the new year as the worst, worst team, team in the, in the NHL. league. And it, like, it, I don't know what game number it exactly was for the Blues, but at the halfway yeah, mark, they were not doing they, well. Like, not even making. If they made the playoffs, that would have been a what great a miracle, story. Yeah. But this is, like, I don't want to say miracle, but this is just oh, so yeah. un, unlikely. Well, uh, one of our friends, Matt, put I think a hundred dollars on the Blues to win when they were the worst team in the league, just as like a joke. And he won over like he won thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars for it. It's so just, yeah, Matt, good looks, bro. Well, yeah, yeah. you realize we're kind of we're kind of talking in a bit of a, we're kind of going on a trend here on our conversation. If you realize all the coaches you just named, Craig Berube, Rick Tockett, 
you know, all those guys, and, and, and you could even point out Bruce Cassidy, all those guys failed as coaches before. Bruce Cassidy was the coach of the Washington Capitals back in the late 90s and early 2000s when Yaka was there. And I was reading a piece about when, um, when he came in, he was a young guy, and he had just finished playing, and he, he really didn't have a lot of coaching experience, and he was dominated by the veterans in the room, like a Sergei Gonchar and a Yammer Yager and a lot of the guys there. Same goes for Craig Berube. Craig Berube was the longtime coach of the Flyers for some time, and he really didn't do much with them. They canned him. It's all about those second chances. And, and Rick Tockett. Rick Tockett was a failure for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So going back to Arizona, you know, when it comes to trying to get a pick like that, they have the right coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have the right players for that. And adding a Chris Kreider to a team like that with a Derek Stefan, with an Oliver ekman Larson, with – with a Clayton Keller, which I am still sour to this day that the Rangers couldn't get. It's close. But, but close. adding, a, but just imagine Clayton Keller. I saw him play live when uh, when the Rangers beat the Coyotes two years ago. My gosh, that kid is good. Now just imagine adding a speedy winger who can just go down the ice and pick it up. Just imagine. That. So what would you? Okay, before we move on to the Edmonton Oilers, the last thing I want to discuss for Chris Kreider, what's the package you would take from John Chega? Fourteen, and do you think there's a guy you'd want from them? Specific player, prospect. I mean. For me, it's kind of a little out there. I don't know if everyone's going to agree with me, but Pierre-Olivier Joseph would be a really interesting add by the Rangers. I mean, he's a defenseman. He was pretty he picked pretty high by the Coyotes a few years ago. Um, I, I, I'm not sure what junior team he's on right now, but Pierre-Olivier Joseph would be a really interesting add for me. as like another defensive piece. I know people are saying, well, keep adding to the defense, keep adding to the defense, but you can never have enough defensemen. No, and a lot of these guys – You look at the – sorry to cut you off, no, but you okay. look at the Rangers last year. How bad was their defense? Yeah, it's not a knock against the players. It's not a knock against Brady Shea. Mark Stahl is just over the hill. Kevin Shattenkirk can't defend. Neil Pionk was in over his head playing significant minutes, and he wasn't ready. And it's just, you know, it's not – It's not. A, you look at our defensive prospects now that Jeff Gordon acquired, and there's so many that are ready to come up. You know, Igor Rykov signs. You know, Keandre Miller is tearing it up, and he had half a season. He tore up the NCAA. It's just, it's great. Now, but, imagine you know, Roger Miller and get hurt, too. Oh, yeah. my God. But one thing before we move on to the Edmonton Oilers, which it kind of ties in, you, Edmonton Oilers are looking to not just keep adding prospects. That's the problem. You keep adding prospects. They want, they need, they need, they need people that can actually help Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Well, that's, now, what's another team that's kind of in that same boat? They've been picking a lot. Buffalo really Sabres are in that same boat. There you go. Yeah. And with all the rumors with Jimmy VC, you know, they want Jimmy VC back. Which, why not? Why not add Kreider with that? Jimmy VC and Chris Kreider for that for that seventh overall pick, and possibly something back, maybe a later round pick. If you believe the rumors today that came out from one of the Sabres sites, apparently Alex Nylander has been involved in trade talks. Oh, which, which oh, former, unbelievable. former eighth overall pick, great hands, great shot. This is a kid who hasn't put it all together yet. But I mean, if you're Jason Bottero, I mean, you need to start get you need to get Jack Eichel into a playoff game. This yeah. is getting ridiculous already. It's just Connor so, McDavid 2.0. Yeah, so you know you know what you do? If I'm Botterill, you know, you take the seven. It might be a hit. You might not get, like, a Zegers or a Coffee like you're hoping for, but you get Kreider. You add Visas. You add a guy to your middle six. You add Kreider to so a guy playing in your top six. And then you put Alex Nylander in there. I would take the seven in Nylander for Kreider and Visa. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think and then the Rangers get to add. They, they might have to add a little bit more, maybe, you know, throw in a second round. A second round pick either I would this probably year argue a third. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then that's just like, you know. But then, that, then you the get the chance to pick. Then the Rangers, would immediately after getting Kako, a few picks later, you get the chance at someone like a cousin, Zegris, Doc, mm-hmm. maybe even a Bowen Byron if he falls. They really want to oh. just keep this defensive oh, thing going. Boy. But honestly, at seven, oh my God, I would take a chance. But you see the position the Rangers are currently in right now is that they have so many assets that they can move, like a VC, 
even Nemesnikov, even Strom. and Strom, yeah. which I, honestly I would rather have him be on this team next season. He's on a he's on a good contract, but if if you get the right deal for a guy like him, and even for a guy like a Shattenkirk, you can get the right deal for that. I agree. You know, yeah. the, the, see when to the problem when the Rangers did this rebuild or retool, whatever you want to call it, in the under eighteen months, a lot of a lot of fans are starting to get on. You know, their cases like, oh, why are we getting all these young guys? Well, what you have to understand in asset management is you can never have too much of one thing. Yeah. Okay. And well, that's the same thing with the picks, how we got Adam Fox. Exactly. You trade away two picks mm-hmm. that you acquired for, like, you know, they use their own picks. Absolutely. But now yeah. you have others, and it's just like, you don't know what it's going to be next year. Exactly. And getting the second overall pick, again, I will maintain this, the second overall pick. See, because the way we were thinking was the way the Rangers were playing and the way everything was going, we mm-hmm. all thought, well, okay, so they're probably going to land similar to the situation they were last year. So you would think, all right, well, they will probably not need to not do well to really get that guy. But I'm telling you, when they get that second overall pick and all of us were at that Met game, you immediately knew, immediately knew that this was going to change the franchise. It, 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 ex- it jump-started the it, rebuild. It, it, That's ex- what it, did. it expedites the rebuild quicker than most thought because that that is exactly what we all were complaining about that the Rangers never had. And now tonight, when it happens, they are going to get that guy. So you supplement the rest of the pieces, and then you have the other assets that you have to get better assets for your franchise. That is how you build the team. That is how the 94 team was built for the Absolutely. most part. That you're supposed to take those assets, and even if you don't use them, you can say, well, this guy may not be the best, but someone else could take it. And there you go. That's how you build a winning team. Absolutely. I feel like every podcast we somehow bring it back to the 94 team. Well, yeah, but like we, every it somehow time, comes back it's, to them, it's right? one, one of us. It's, well, yeah, I think it was Ant. But. Yeah, well, let's just say we're we're pleasing the boss here. We're pleasing the boss <laughs> now. No, 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 no. <laughs> Something important to point out here too. You know, it's like the Rangers. It, it's TSN described it best the other day when they said the Rangers rebuild has been on steroids since the last year, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, look, look what Jeff Gordon has done, right? So you put the letter out, right? You let everyone know we're we're we're, we're changing this. We saying we're not good enough. We need to fix this. We need to. Build a team that can be a consistent Stanley Cup contender, mm-hmm. right? Trades McDonough, right? Yeah. Trades Ryan McDonough. We get and JT Miller. You get back Brett Howe and you get Vladislav Nemesnikov. You get the pick that becomes Nils Lundqvist. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure, I think there was more to that, but that's the basis of what we got back. Um, you trade, um, God, Rick Nash, which was the Bruins who overpaid for Rick Nash. Well, that's what happens in the trade deadline. First round pick. I still stand by Ryan this. Lindgren. Yeah. They, they overpaid for Nick Holden, and that made everybody yeah, else that made it all. Absolutely. So <laughs> thank you, Boston Bruins, yes. for overpaying for Nick freaking Holden. Holden. So you get another first round pick back. You get a guy like Lindgren back. Guy who plays with Snarl. Guys, play, you know, he's a hard player Snarl. to play against. Yeah, he's a guy. Also, like, you, like have to, you, also have to, you also have to counter in Ryan Spooner. Ryan Spooner, who played great and who was flipped into Ryan Strom. Thanks, yeah. Peter Torelli. Thanks, Peter Torelli. Peter Torelli. Edmonton Oilers really made a good yeah, decision by, before the trade. By the way, line. real quick, I want to interject because I made a really funny joke on Twitter and nobody got it. So there's rumors going around uh-huh. that Peter Torelli is going to Edmonton. And the joke, I, the joke I said was, and this is based off a meme for those who can't see it, the, the joke is he can't trade for Louis Erickson if he already has him. Uh, <laughs> I put that on Twitter, and it had the pointing of the, the, I, the, the I pointing, know. the pointing to the head guy. Yeah. And I, when I wrote that, I could not stop laughing for about like twenty minutes, and nobody got it. Well, <laughs> well, well to your own horn a little bit more. <laughs> so they make those two big deals at the deadline. Then you trade Grabner to the Devils, and you get Rykov, and you get a second back. Thanks, which Jersey, was, which was great because that second one, that pick was one of the picks that was traded to get Keandre, Keandre to bump up and get Keandre Miller. So that that was phase one. 
you get to the draft, Vitaly Krasov, which we were all – a lot of us were upset about. I think every – I'm going to give another shout-out to Matt because he was the only Our friend Matt again. This guy Matt. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I have to object. I was actually not upset at the pick. No, 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 no. You no, weren't there. We it was went, the oh, we were there in the room. In the room. Okay. Yeah, it, was, the room. It, was, it was 99% of why did you pick Wallstrom? Oh, okay. And yeah. then 1% of because Vitaly Because when, when, when they picked Kratsov, I was I, I, I was watching it in my room, and my dad was giving me um, crap about it because he's an Islanders fan. Don't know how I became a Ranger fan, but thank goodness I did. And um, when what I did was is <laughs> – so they're giving, me the, they're giving me the jazz clap. So um, – oh, stop. So, <laughs> stuff you can't see. Um, nothing bad. So uh, when they Keep pick, when they on, pick, when they pick Vitaly Kratzov, I wasn't upset because I actually trusted the Rangers um, – the, the Rangers, uh, you know, the way they go about things. So I just kind of I – was, I was shocked instead of upset. So I can honestly say I wasn't upset. I was not upset that the Rangers picked Vitaly Kratsov, and I'm so happy that everyone else can actually hop on the same bag. My guys, shout out to Step by Stephen, who probably the only one, was the only other one that I knew that probably liked Kratsov more. So Kratsov has this amazing year in the KHL. Puts up these great numbers, like even the last playoffs. But the reason they took him was because of the crazy numbers he put up in. Well, the, the yeah, it was all two. those weird stats where it's like you know he scored a, like a certain percentage of his team's goals. So, Kravtsov had a great year. Okay, so everyone has high hopes for Kravtsov. Draft lottery day comes, right? The Rangers, second overall pick. Which tonight we finally get to see this well, tonight's the day. You skipped over. We're getting last. I know. I know. Deadline, don't worry. Don't worry. We're getting. I'm gonna. I, which I'm happened back, before the lottery. It did. So. Last trade deadline, who goes out, Kevin? Our fate, one of our guys. Our, our boy. Our boy. Zook. But Zook potentially could have brought back two firsts, but Thanks we'll lot. take the second and a few resigns, which is looking I like Dallas. I just Tampa for, you know, crap in the yeah. bed there, man. Thanks yeah. a lot, Dallas. But Dallas also is looking like going to resign Zook, so that's a first in 2020, which 2020 we could go on about for a while, but we're doing that on another show. That's, that's, that's we'll be here all day. Week. We'll be We'll be here for a while, but not even let me just that's shout like, out. That's like two months from that's now. That's another five oh, months. Only one thing about 2020 I'll say right now is that the top five of five franchise players. Yes. Let's, five just, five let, let's just cross our fingers, fingers that yeah. Dallas re-signs yeah. Zook and just does a terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, and then Jeff Gordon does, you know, pulls off the trade for Trouba. Yep. It's just every move that the management has done, hiring JD to be president now, too. It's just everything has been coming up Rangers. And not only that. A lot of teams have trouble signing their players from Russia, and there was a lot of rumors going around that uh, Rykov and Shesterkin were not going to sign automatically. So that says a lot about the organization and the fact that they were able to get not only Kratsov to a contract after his KHL contract expired, but also getting Rykov and Shesterkin over here quicker than most people anticipated. So honestly, you have to give a lot of credit where credit is due. When JD came in, even before JD came in, the organization really put – an emphasis on getting these guys in here. So that that's a credit to the, the Rangers. Yeah. And another thing, probably one of the most important that people sometimes overlook is Elaine Vigneault out, David Quinn in. And David Quinn has – honestly, people have their, their qualms about David Quinn. But I think David Quinn is the perfect guy to lead this into the future. Who, has, who, who else has better experience dealing with young guys coming in for the first time to a place they've never been to exactly. and then getting the best out of them? Yeah. It's, it's just, you know – BU is a is a hard hockey team. Yes. They're one of the best. They play great every year. And David Quinn, is, David Quinn is a fantastic coach. He's going to know how to nurture these guys. Look what he did this season. 
He doesn't bench people for no reason. He lets them know why well, like they're sitting. He says, he says yeah. I don't care what happens as long as you give me 100%. And that look what he got out of Booch. Mentality. Look what he got out of Booch. Look what he got out of Kevin Hayes before we traded, by the way. Kevin Hayes trade was amazing. You get back a guy like Brendan Lemieux, who quickly became a fan favorite. Well, that's the thing. You, you have a guy like Brendan Lemieux who has potential to be a second line mm-hmm. winger. Potential. I'm not that's saying it's really? not going to happen, but you, he's a grinder stuck on the, on the on the fourth line, barely playing 11 minutes a game, and he scores like a handful of goals, maybe I think four or five. And then you put him on with actual centers, giving him actual time on in the offensive zone, offensive zone faceoffs, and look what happens. He fights for you. He scores for you. He dishes out assists. You know who I'm trying to reference here. Mm-hmm. But well, it, you also have to remember, too, if you look at the way the last couple of Ranger teams have been, especially under Elaine Vigneault. And, you know, again, I'm not going to try and knock Elaine Vigneault too much because he definitely did a lot of good for this franchise after John Tortorella, uh, you know, pretty much almost decimated a lot of the, you know, locker room players on this team. But, uh, you know, his time was up. And the thing with David Quinn was David Quinn – brought around the United front and he became the leader. There was rumors going around and I'm assuming they're true was that, you know, the, um, the, 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 the room was kind of divided and, and there was no real sense of leadership and mm-hmm. David Quinn came in and pretty much got everyone in line. And that's a good thing. Um, and you could definitely see it with a guy like Lemieux, who is very comparable to a Brandon Prust or very comparable to a, Dare I say it, Sean Avery? Because he brings yeah, I think uh, he, that's a, he brings a sort of attitude. And the thing is, is that a lot of people complain, and myself included, that the Rangers have been kind of lackadaisical. And that makes them very easy to play against. You have yeah. all these weak teams coming into MSG just putting a curb stomping. And no one comes in and does anything. Now you have a guy like Brendan Lemieux. Who, and the, I, I went to his first game, or one of his first games against Montreal, and I did sing the Canadian national anthem that night. Don't don't cap me. On no, that. I mean it's a fantastic. I love, I love the Canadian theory. national anthem. You know, I love, yeah. I even if we're too. watching something on TV, yeah. it's a random game. I'll yeah. stand up and sing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Of course. Yeah. And I was watching Lemieux play, and he was standing up to a guy like Max Domi. Now Max Domi is a tough guy in his own right. And Brendan Lemieux didn't. And Brandon Lemieux, yeah, Brandon Lemieux went up to him. He got yeah. ejected for saying some things that maybe he shouldn't have We said. can't repeat on this no, podcast, but the video's there. The yeah, video's you can find it if you but really want to But let me tell you, though, the Rangers haven't had a guy like that since, you know. The last time I can honestly say they really had that kind of grit was having, like, a Carcillo, having, like, a yeah, Dorset, having, like, a, a Brian Boyle, and even a Dominic Moore who were able to just get down and dirty. Absolutely. And, and ever since they lost that, they haven't really been the same, and that lost them a lot of playoff games. But – Brandon Lemieux is a great ad. He's a fantastic. Yeah. So, it was a very under the radar type of ad, mm-hmm. and when we first saw it, it's like, oh, it's just an extra piece. Nah, it's just something. Came, my yeah. first thought really was like, oh, he's coming here to protect the young guys next yeah. year if they mm-hmm. want to keep. But now you got a guy who, like the fans, we love. Him. I love. Him. I love, him. Oh, you love yeah. an agitator. You yeah, love him. you love so, him. But you know what person is fighting? Is is Brendan Smith, and he's yeah. not even in the lineup. Yeah. So and he's not like good. you said, it's a perfect comparison. And now the reason, the reason why you're all tuning in before we get to the draft is to talk about number two. Now, for months, uh, months, months, we have months. waited. Years. We have waited. We have waited to see Capo Caco walk uh, on that stage and the, shake Jeff Gordon, Gordy Clark, Chris Drury. The and time has come. Shake their hands. And now John Davidson's hand, which is going to be awesome. Great. So, guys, I mean, we're, we're an hour and a half away from start time for the NHL draft. I know. Now, there's something I want to, like, we all know. We, we've seen the Caco highlights. We've seen what this kid can do. We've seen what he's going to bring to this franchise, the 80, 90-point potential. Yep. It's the shooting, the passing, the vision, everything this kid could do, bulldozing over guys like Ryan Miller and Darnell Nurse in the World Championships. It's going to be so great to see him on Garden Ice. But 
What happens if it's not Cabo Cago? What happens if the devils shock the world and the devils take Cabo Cago? This is us telling you to relax. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so upset that <laughs> oh. we have to pick Jack Hughes. Oh, no, a franchise center. What are we going to do? Oh, yeah. no, a guy who's dynamic in his own zone and can skate very well. The all-time no, US NTDP. higher than anybody on the Rangers. The all-time US NTDP leading scorer. All-time. Being all-time. Austin Matthews, Clayton Keller, Phil Kessel, these kinds of guys. So you know what? If the Devils do take Kyle Kyle, guys, it's not reasonable. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, we've been expecting Kyle, but then you add an elite number one center who's got 100, 110 point potential. Who is, imagine pairing him with Vitaly Kravtsov oh. next year, but pairing him, pairing him with Booch. Oh. And, you know, all these guys who are going to bring in, like, he's going to be a special. And that means Mika Zibanejad becomes your second line center next mm-hmm. year. Once how how matures, great is that second line center? Then you're going to be looking have a at one, like, two punch of, like a Crosby Malkin kind yeah. of thing. Then you have a one-two punch of Hughes Zibanejad for the next, like, what, five, seven years at least. Well, how, how long is he? He's, he's up in 2023 is when On an contract. extremely amazing deal. And you, and you think <laughs> by then, you know, by by the time his contract runs out, they're going to want to either keep him or the Rangers are going to be competitive. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, Jeff Gordon, great deal. I love your brass. But don't let the door hit you with a good yeah. Lord split you. Okay? Look, remember that if you want to go back even further, people say. You've never heard that expression. No, 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 no. It's just like I wasn't expecting it. It was. Just... If, uh, look who you're talking to. Okay? Oh yes, of course. If I'm you sorry. want to go back to that trade, I mean the Mika Zibanejad trade. I remember when that dropped. A lot of people were upset. I was a lot of people loved Derek Broussard. Broussard was a a fan favorite. Warriors scored big goals in the playoffs. Zuccarello was the most upset, which made everybody upset. So that's why we were upset. You also have to remember, too, before Zibanejad came to the Rangers, he was terribly inconsistent with the Senators. Well, it's the Senators. Well, Well, yeah, obviously, yeah, but you have to understand that he was there for some time, and you'd think that he would have blossomed into a, a better player. But that just goes to show you that we're not expert talent evaluators. No, because no. Zibanejad comes to the Rangers in a team that nurtured him right, and now all of a sudden he's arguably one of the best centers in the league. Well, sometimes it just takes a change of scenery. Like, don't be surprised yeah, no. if Neil Pionk actually turns into a decent defender. That's what I've been saying. No, no, yeah. no. It's just, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying sometimes a change of scenery, no, change of role more importantly. Mm-hmm. Like, he has now a year and some change under his belt. And you're going to do sure Neil Pionk is going to be playing third because, yes, yeah, the Jets, no, so. yeah. Bufflin but before Tyler we go off on a more, more of a tangent here, people are listening to us for the draft right now. Oh, yes. So, I mean, look, it's going to be an amazing – we talked about this with Anthony this week too. The Rangers haven't picked this high since Brad Park. That's a long time ago. 1967. Yeah, 1967, 68, one of, the, mm-hmm. one of those years. But look at it this way. There's going to be a kid tonight that walks up on that stage, whether it's Jack Hughes from the USN TDP or Capo Capo of TPS, whose entire life is going to change because you go from kid – to a guy who's going to be looked at as turning around a franchise under the brightest lights in the world and the biggest in the most famous arena in the world and the biggest city in the world. And you know what? This is what I want to say, whether it's either one of those guys, please, if they don't immediately acclimate and they don't immediately put up all these crazy points next year, support them, support them. You know, don't trash them. Don't call them slumping. Let them get used to these things. Think about it. They're 18 years old. Where were you? It's the same thing with Leah yeah. Sanderson. Mm-hmm. It's the same Let thing with Bill Pedo. Let these and kids get the experience Adam, under their belt. Adam Fox. And look, I, I was saying this, and I was going to save it for an article within the next coming months, but you have to take the same approach with Jacob Truba. You just, no, you just 
have to because he's coming to a new place Mm -hmm. a much hard i I don't know how the fans are in winnipeg i don't know if they're terrible they're 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 intense they're They're intense but you know the bright lights the huge media outlet of that is new york city he's gonna have some pressure i mean like he's gonna be reunited with brady shea but what happens if that doesn't work out what happens if he's not producing the way we want him to it's gonna take give them time. time. Give you everyone time. We're still rebuilding. Yeah. You can't say the rebuild is over after Capo Caco or Jack Hughes. It's not. No. You There's can't more say that we sign Artemi Panarin. And John it's Davidson admitted time. that when he took took his press conference, he said it's gonna take time. It's gonna take patience. Oh, but absolutely. remember, as we go through this, they're building so we can not win one, but win two and maybe three one day. You know, I think the, the model of success they're trying to imitate are the Detroit Red Wings. Do it. You know what? And you know what? I'll, I'll take, take twenty five years in the playoffs with three Stanley Cup wins. Of course, I'll take. Absolutely. So thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy the NHL draft. You know we are. Whether it's Jack Hughes or Capo Caco, it's going to be an amazing night for the New York Rangers. Business with personality. That's the idea that launched London's business newspaper, City AM, 15 years ago. And it's the same idea that inspired our new daily podcast, The City View, where you'll find me, City AM editor Christian May, interviewing the most well-known, influential and colourful figures from business, politics and finance. The City View from City AM with a new episode every morning. It's the perfect start to your working day. And let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today Media Group. Hey everyone, this is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap Up, a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap Up.